Hi everyone, welcome to the Laura Horn Art Podcast. This week I'm sharing 15 tips on how to loosen up and paint freely. Hello Laura, how are you going? I'm really good. It's bucketing down with rain here, so I don't know if you'll be able to hear it on the podcast. But yeah, we'll it's see. a lot of rain, isn't it? <laughs> well, you've been back in the studio, which is great, and you've been doing so much work. And what I've been noticing, everything in there just seems to be crazy and gangbusters and busy and awesome. Yeah, it's been fantastic. And after a bit of a kind of, oh, a bit of a painting slump, I guess, in a way, I've really found some new energy in my painting practice that's got me excited again and I'm working in a way that yeah it's really loose and free and exciting. Do you have any tips on how to loosen up before you paint? Yeah well what I've found has been happening is I've been sharing a bit of my process on Instagram and Facebook and I've been getting questions from people about how to stay loose like how do I get into that kind of flow with my work So what I wanted to do today was share some tips and and practices that I use to help me when I'm painting my bigger acrylic paintings. Are these just random tips that you, over the last week, decided that would be good to share? Are these tips things that you work to all the time? They're not things that I work to all the time. It's not something that I do really consciously. A lot of it is just happens as I you know, get into my painting. These things are things that I've been doing for quite a long time. But having said that, recently I had to kind of kickstart my creativity again and really think about what did I need to do in order to get the juices flowing. So in the recent painting sessions I've had there has been a little bit more of a conscious element to all this and part of it has really been about setting up my mindset in order to be able to paint in this way. Mm. So I shared a little bit about this in the last podcast how I've been taking a bit of time before I even start painting just to remind myself of why I'm here to open myself up to the possibilities that come when you just allow yourself to play and and let go of the outcome and loosen up and and not be so worried about perfection, just really enjoying the process. And it is like a little bit of a pep talk. It's something that I have to remind myself again and again because it eases my way into a good painting session. You've really kind of taken advantage of the space you've got in there. Yeah, well, one of the things about painting big is it gives you the opportunity to move around and use your space. Now, not everyone has the luxury of a studio where they can do this. And our studio is not as big as... I was just about to say you often complain (laughs) about your luxury. (laughs) I was going to say, our studio is not as big as I would like it to be. Of course it's Uh, not. But it's the size of... How big would it be, would you say, in metres? Tiny little bit of space. So it's three metres long and two and a half metres wide. Yeah, it's about three by two. So it's not... It's like a small, sort of smallish bedroom size, I guess. Um, But still, you know, I know that a lot of people don't have that sort of space but uh, what I do is I've got screws in the wall so one wall I can hang my paintings directly onto which is a bit of a space saver because easels take up a bit of room so I don't use easels for that reason I tend to just hang the canvas directly on the wall the other thing I do is I take the canvas off the wall sometimes and put it flat on the ground and just 
move around it on the floor. And I find that moving your canvas around in different ways is a really good way to loosen up. And that could even be turning it upside down, rotating it. I do a lot of that in the early stages of my paintings and it helps to give energy to the paintings and it also helps you to balance your paintings so that you're not you're kind of evenly moving around them rather than getting stuck in a particular section. And can you do that with any size? Yeah, you can do it with any size. Uh, just recently I was um, filming and teaching a watercolour class, so the watercolour explorations class that we released recently, and I was doing that in that class with my small A4 size pieces of paper. I was twisting the paper around and keeping things moving to help encourage freedom on the page. Another thing as well I've also been doing lately was wearing my gym clothes when I was painting. <laughs> uh, I had this idea <laughs> that maybe if I wore clothes that were stretchy and encouraged movement that that might even bring a little bit of extra energy into the process. So I was almost approaching my painting as if it was a, a gym workout. It, it did help. Like I found that it was coming in there with loads of energy and I was moving, which is really important when you're working on big pieces and you want to get that into the canvas, that energy. So another thing that is helping me is to be very generous with my supplies and I have been mixing up tubs of paint so that I can easily access the colours that I want to use. I've recently bought quite a few new supplies which I mentioned. I stocked up on fluid paints and I've been using the Matisse brand which is an Australian brand but golden acrylics are wonderful as well for fluids and fluid paint as well is great for uh, it, it encourages flow by the very nature of the paint and it's unpredictable so you've got to let go of perfection when you use fluid paint and I often use it in my early layers to help things you know to move along and and to get into that painting process. Going big sounds expensive though. Yes, going big can be expensive if you're going out and buying artist quality paints and canvases and it's not accessible for everyone. But there are things that you can do to go big in a more affordable way. Uh, you can get uh, big sheets of cardboard, you could even work on craft paper, go get a big roll of paper from um, your local sort of art craft supply shop paint gesso on it. Gesso will prepare pretty much any surface. So if you get a big tub of gesso, which is cheap, it's like paint primer, you can prime anything. In fact, there's artists out there that I really enjoy seeing what they do, but they approach any surface with the creative mindset that they can paint on it. So you might even have furniture in your house that you could paint, large, you know, sheets of I don't know, leftover supplies from some other DIY project perhaps. You can get a tub of gesso out, whack that on and you've got a big surface to paint on. Or you could even paint on a wall in your house. You, can, you could paint a mural. There's so many things you can do if you open up your mind to creative possibilities. And I guess if you want to keep the price down, you could just work with a certain amount of colours. Like you could only, like, let's say, use two colours or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. And I often suggest this to my um, students. 
One, because it is more affordable, but also I think that working with less colours encourages more creativity and more learning about colour. So choosing two or three colours rather than heaps of colours is a really good way to encourage uh, encourage you to learn and also it, it means that you're not thinking so much about your colour choices so you can just really focus on the painting. Speaking of colours, I'm loving those little uh, takeaway dishes you're using. Yeah, so I am using takeaway containers and mixing up tubs of paint and it's a bit of a game changer. I, I've never really done this in the past. I've always just mixed on the palette. But having a whole tub of your favourite colour that you can just dip a brush in and really like spread it around the canvas is a wonderful experience. And speaking of brushes, big brushes are great. And I love gesso brushes, which are really cheap. And you can just um, buy them in art shops. Or you could go to the hardware store and pick up some, some cheap brushes, big ones that you can load up lots of paint on, be generous with your paint. And in those early layers, you could even just get some student quality paint, uh, which is more affordable, and use that. Because you, you're going to add more layers to it. So a lot of it is going to get covered up. Well, in, my, in the way that I work, which is in layers, those early layers not a lot of it shows through in the final painting, so you could save your more expensive paints for later and use cheaper paints in the early layers. Is that an actual name of a paint? Uh, it's not a brand, it's a type of paint. So most paint brands uh, offer an artist grade paint and a student grade paint. Hmm. And so if you think about it, those student grade paints, they were designed for People, people that are learning and experimenting you could be at art school you could be in high school they were designed for prolific painting um and they're 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 a wonderful way to to loosen up because you're not worrying about how much they cost let's say you you hit the groove and all of a sudden you paint best piece you've ever painted but you've used student paint does that mean it can't be kept or look the advantage of artist quality paint is that it's usually it's got brighter uh, like more pigment in the paint so it's more vibrant um, you need to check how archival your paints are so it's about how long they're going to last you know for the majority of work particularly in mixed media it's not going to matter too much I don't get too hung up on what paints I'm using and I don't think that you know people need to worry too much just enjoy what you've created another thing with brushes another tip is to hold your brushes loosely and a few people who have been watching the videos of my online tutorials have noticed that I do this and it's something that I do without really thinking I always hold my brushes sort of right towards the end far away from the bristles and when I'm painting on big canvases I stand back and I use my whole arm when I paint and I hold that brush really lightly in my hand and it it makes the marks a lot looser uh, and another thing you can do is you can even attach a brush to a dowel and make your, the length of your brush really long and stand really far back and hold it out and you'll get really expressive loose marks. Hmm. So you just be these massive big gestures with your Yeah, so there's a little job for you. you could <laughs> I want some really long brushes. <laughs> um, and have a think about other tools that you could use as well. 
things like squeegees that you can buy um, from you know art shops hardware stores sponges rags you could use things um, unconventional tools to spread the paint around so we talked about limiting your palette with color I think it's really useful in the first couple of layers to just work with three or four colors and you might want to choose choose a color palette that's interesting to work with you might want to go really bold with color like choose red for example and lay down lots of really rich reds it's a, a great way to start is to have that really rich juicy color experience in those early layers because you can tone down your colors as you move through the process and I often do that I start with higher levels of contrast and stronger colors and then as I work through the layers I soften that so don't be afraid of color in those early layers go with what feels exciting and energizing for you and don't be afraid to make mud either um, you could choose two opposite colors, mix them around and see what neutrals you create through that process. And when I'm doing those early layers, I love to work really quickly and to not be thinking too much about what my next decision is going to be, just to allow one move to lead into the next. And having some energetic music on in the background can really help with that process and I often find myself just moving along to the music playing something that's quite upbeat and painting those first layers fast yeah I do know that if you want to get into that zone like you don't even let us in there to do any photography or videoing you're just like music on get out yeah well I really like to lose myself in the process and so often I you know I dance and I move around and I'm singing to the music it is a really joyful mm. time for me so no I don't want you in there ruining it <laughs> don't steal my joy don't steal my joy with your camera and your with your, your presence yeah with your presence this is just me and my paint yes <laughs> and I like to try different ways of starting paintings. Um, I have a few favorites, but what I'm always- What does that mean? So when I approach a blank canvas, a blank canvas can be quite a daunting thing. And to take away that feeling of fear, I like to just use it as an opportunity to try new things and know that it doesn't matter too much because I can always layer over the top. So it really, instead of seeing a blank canvas as something to be fearful of I see it as an opportunity to just try something new and some of the things that I like to experiment with are different colors so I might paint I love to paint a really rich juicy base it's one of those things I really enjoy having a nice surface to work on and one thing that I like to do is choose a color and maybe even explore mixing a color so I might go oh I really want to try greens and I'll mix up greens and all I'm really thinking about is getting down rich juicy greens on the canvas so that's an all-over color so choosing sort of one color and really really focusing in on that and making that be your base sometimes I do color blocking so I choose a couple of colors and I block in areas of the canvas but I use big shapes so big areas of color but varying the color and having some light areas and some darker areas. So I'm bringing contrast in at the beginning. 
Another way, a more recent uh, exploration, has been to scribble on the canvas and you can use charcoal, graphite, I've been using uh, water-soluble pastels um, for this and I really like this because they dissolve into the paint as you add more layers so they, they, they play nicely with acrylic paints and so I've been using those to scribble on the on the surface and really like scribble like scribble like you did when you were three mm. or four years old the way Asha does yeah like no thinking just scribbling and loosely expressing yourself uh, another thing you could try is using drips you know really you see a lot of um, examples of this if you go on Instagram you'll see a lot of like poured paintings and things like that but it can be a really good way to open yourself up because and because it's a forced layer, does that mean you can make as many mistakes as you want? Yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of freedom in it. And the very nature of fluid art encourages freedom. So you, you could get some fluid paint, pour it into some little cups, little plastic cups, just have fun mushing them around on, a, on the canvas, adding water, get a squeegee or brushes or some kind of or rag even and rub it around and then just let it dry good it's a good fun way to start Uh, so that leads me into thinking big and using big gestures this is something that I suggest in your early layers you can leave the finer details till later often we when I first started painting one of the things that used to happen to me a lot was that I would end up with three or four different paintings in my one painting. I wasn't thinking big enough and using big enough gestures. So go bigger. So if you're painting like color blocking, color block in big areas. If you're doing big sort of brush like brushwork, do big lines that stretch right across the canvas. Save your little fine details for later on in the process and use big gestures. Now I notice every time you go into the studio. I don't know why, maybe it's because I don't paint, but um, I just have this impression in my head that you go in there and you work on this one piece of canvas, and then you'll say, oh, can you come in and take a photograph? Now, I've been doing this with you for years, and it still baffles me. And I'll walk in and there'll be like four canvases, six pieces of paper, and it's all just all over the place. Do you always work on a million pieces at the same time well the short answer to that is yes it's been a long time since I've worked on a single piece from start to finish in fact I can't I don't even have a memory of that Uh, I always work across many pieces and that way I don't get fixated on one painting it means that I can spread my ideas across all the different um, surfaces and it really really helps me to stay loose so I highly recommend painting more. I mean, if you're going to get your supplies out, you're going to get in the studio, why paint one when you can paint six? Mm, I guess. <laughs> no, I, I truly love it. I truly love working on multiple pieces. When I get to the very end of a painting, I will hone in. You know, I might have a session where I just focus on one painting. But certainly at the beginning, I really like to work across multiple paintings. And it's the way that I keep my... I keep myself in a good headspace that way. Um, it stops me from getting hung up on perfection. It 
encourages sorry it encourages me to be experimental because I've got all these surfaces that I can try new things on and if you like make a massive mistake or you mess one up well you just move on to the next yeah exactly I can bounce from one to the other and it helps me to stay in a positive mindset hmm. uh, if I do one oh I don't like that put it aside let it dry and the other thing it prevents is overworking things because the memories are starting to come back now. <laughs> I am remembering now when I did used to hone in on one painting and work on it. And what would happen is something like that, you know, I'd make a muddy mess and then I wouldn't have anywhere to go. So what I would keep doing is keep on working on that muddy mess and making it worse. And it would just, the painting would, if you paint a lot, you know what happens when you overwork a painting. You just take things too far. And by having other pieces, I can get out of that that space and just start working on something else let it dry and often when it dries it's not as bad as you thought Mm. and that muddy mess is actually just a layer that you can then put something onto and you might have like a muddy brown color but then you put like a pop of pink on it and suddenly that muddy brown is doing a wonderful job of highlighting that pink so it's not it's not a mistake so yeah multiple pieces is is going to to give you that advantage So when it comes down to it, one of the things that I really believe in is to follow the process that you're enjoying. And I call that sometimes like the path of joy. So as you're working, notice what it is that is like lifting you up and lifting your spirits. So while you're in there, if you're painting and you're, let's say you're using uh, fluid paint and it's dripping and you're feeling excited by those drips, then make more paintings with drips. Do more drippy work. Or it could be a certain color palette that you're working with. You're working with these blues and you're loving them. Do more of it. Follow your process. If you focus on your process, the other things will fall into place. So things like finding your style and all those sorts of things. I was just about to say, is that why you see some painters like have a, an entire series of just blue paint or an entire series of just drippy paintings yeah. and that kind of stuff? Is, yeah. is that why they do that? Because they're falling in love with that technique? I would think so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't know exactly what their process is, but I know for me... Uh, if I find something and I'm really enjoying it, I will do more of it. I will turn that into a series. I will see if there's other ways I can weave it into my work. Uh, and I'm constantly filtering and editing and, and I guess in a way sort of analysing my process. I'm not really doing it while I'm in there, but I, you know, let's say I come out and I have a, I have a cup of tea or something like that. I'm taking notice of things. and I really enjoyed that. How can I do more of that? And that I think is really important. So it might be things like you love texture. You know, you enjoy scraping into heavy paint and etching. Do a whole painting with loads of etching. Just scale it up, be bigger, explore it in a deeper way. And you will, through that process, you will really get to understand yourself and the kind of art that you enjoy making, which will then lead to developing a style of art that people maybe come to know you for, you know, a more recognisable style. But I, I wouldn't focus on that. I would focus on the process that you enjoy. Talking about painting big, I know you've been painting big for the retreat that's coming up. So you're kind of 
practicing and getting ready. Well, that's right. One of the things that I've been doing is really getting myself in that big mindset because we've got big things coming up in the new year, including our retreat in Bali, which is going to focus very much on many of the things that I've talked about in today's podcast. We will be working on big canvases and really embracing this idea of working freely, learning from our mistakes, experimenting, exploring new possibilities. So yes, I have been deliberately, I guess, killing two birds with one stone in a way, um, working on my own work, but also exploring ideas for our retreat. And also we are going to be working on an online class next year, which is also going to be uh, focusing on painting large scale acrylic work. So that's very exciting. And it's something that I've been asked many times, are you going to do a class around painting big? And the short answer to that is yes. Uh, We are in the process of working through what that's going to look, feel like. It was music to Laura's ears for me to say to her that her studio was too small for this. Because she's been trying to convince me that her studio has been too small for years now. (laughs) That's right. So we've got some really exciting ideas that are going to see us getting out and about for this yeah, rather great locations. than yeah on different locations and really interacting with um, different parts of the process you know like where do we get our canvases from mm-hmm. how do we display them what materials we use all those sorts of things so it's without saying too much we have got something very exciting that we're yeah, something big. Yeah, working on in the background. So two big things, really. We've got the retreat coming up in Bali and also some new online classes that are going to be different to what I've been offering so far. So that's just, a, I guess, a little teaser about what's on the cards for 2019. Oh, and early 2019, you'll be doing some workshops. Yes, so particularly for anyone who is in Adelaide, where I live, and I know there are some people that are in my classes who are local to me, um, I will be offering a workshop in my hometown. That will be the first place that I will deliver this workshop, and that will be in the new year. So uh, just wanted to let people know a few things that are coming up. I will uh, communicate this through my newsletter and other ways, social media and whatnot. But you've he- you've heard it first, I guess, here on the podcast that these things are are happening. Thanks, everyone. I hope that you enjoyed this week's podcast and that you found these tips helpful and that you can apply them in your own creative process. 